0: Welcome, Gary, to the Digital Workspace Works podcast. Do you want to give us a a brief introduction to yourself?
1: Yeah, hi, I'm uh, Gary Lee. I have spent the last 20 years working in marketing technology, running businesses, technology businesses, agencies, and then a year ago took the decision to go out and do something completely different, um, when I decided to leave, it wasn't the middle of a global pandemic, so uh, you know, maybe maybe it was a good decision, maybe it was a bad decision. I don't know. But set off working uh, with a business partner of mine, and we set up a an agency really that just helps business owners understand marketing we always say marketing is not rocket science if you set up your own business you you're a pretty smart person you can work out marketing we just help people enable that really and, and help them that side of things and then i also sit on a couple of boards advising um technology companies
0: yeah and in your your profile you mentioned uh how it was setting up um how you're working, and I mean, you're you're in your bedroom now, which I wouldn't have wouldn't have known if you didn't say it was your bedroom. To be quite honest, it looks very <laughs> professional, <laughs> very organised. Um, and and how have you found that now, going from a sort of corporate, I say corporate, but a but a in in office business to to working from home? Uh, it's
1: Good and bad. I think it's fair to say good and bad. Um mainly good, I would say. I so I used to work maybe three or four days a week in an office and then one day a week at home. and then I was, and when I say in an office, you know I, I had a base. I mean, at one point about three years ago, uh, I used to work out of a shed inside an office because for some reason we thought that was really modern and trendy. It was the worst decision I ever made. <laughs> my opticians uh, really got quite upset with me because it was doing no, th- no nothing good for my eyes at all. Um, but yeah, yeah it, it was. It, I was sort of based in an office that I had, but then I would travel around. I'd be at a client. I'd be at um, – I'd sort of be just all over the place. I think the difference at the moment is because of lockdown – when I left we were in lockdown, I don't know I think once everybody's back to normal and they're traveling around a lot more, if as would you presume in my in my new business I will be going to clients anyway, I don't think I'll notice it quite as much at that point because I would mm. normally be out a couple of days a week. Uh, and i'm used to working at home one i think the hardest thing about what I'm going through at the moment is the fact that i have to share my office with my wife um and she, you know <laughs> n- nothing against my wife who's who's very good but she literally spends 95% of her time on the phone so it's another reason why i'm in my bedroom and not in my office is is my wife? she's she, you know and she does a far more important job than i do so she is she is literally part of the um the vaccine producing companies. So,
0: you know, she, she's, oh, wow.
1: doing a, she's doing a job that's worthwhile, um, and helping yeah. <laughs> hopefully get all out of this and hopefully let you back in the country.
0: Yeah, that'd be good. It would be good to go back at some point. So when you say she's, can you say which company she's with or is that? that uh, AstraZ-
1: no, she's AstraZeneca.
0: Oh, is it? Okay. Okay. Must be interesting. You must have a whole lot of uh, insight that none of us have to, to what's been going on.
1: I, I sit there and occasionally hear things and just she just glares at me so I I, I know not I know I'm not allowed to say anything that's the, that's no the but, it's funny they well, get they get messages all the time telling them to you know just ignore this don't read this all that kind of stuff so
0: well that's that's actually what I was going to say I mean I'm sure they have a you know my wife worked on the Soccer world Cup uh when it was here in South Africa and, and the Olympics in the UK it's one of the reasons why we moved to the UK and the, the amount of briefings they got to say, ignore this, ignore this, ignore this, don't speak to the press about this. And, you know, as much as the events all happen and, and they go seamlessly, the amount of stuff that's really failing behind the scenes, you know, <laughs> would, would would make, I mean, I'm already losing my hair, but you would lose your hair because, you know, some protocol hasn't been followed. The president yep. of the United States is coming by and he's, you know, he needs green toilet paper and you haven't got it. And, you know, holy cow, it's all over. So, <laughs> so I can only imagine. I yes. Only imagine. Yes. Um, and you say that you're working on, on a Surface Pro from an HP. Yes. How, how do you how do you find your Surface Pro? I'm very curious. I'm uh, question.
1: I I mean I'm enjoying it. I think anytime I mean I held on to that HP for way too long. I mean I had it for six and a half, maybe even seven years.
0: Wow, for a Windows machine, that's a long time.
1: I know exactly. And and the reason for that is because I don't like change when it comes to my to my equipment. So as a result, I think I think I think the service. I think this service laptop is really good, um, and because I do like moving around, I like you know when I'm working, working, I'm, I'm at my desk. But because of homeschooling and because I like to just you know, I'm lucky. I've got a decent sized house. We can move into a few rooms. I like mm. the fact that when it's just the laptop and not plugged into a to a monitor. Um, obviously, it doubles up, and I can use it as if it's um, as if it's a device. So I can start you know moving around on the screen, the touch screen. So that's a nice touch. And because I do quite a bit of writing, I found it quite useful for that. But I think just getting it set up, I think the first, because I'm only three weeks into it, I think the first couple of months are always, it's never as good. And then at the <laughs> end of that, I'll get used to it. I mean, all I will say is that it's 100 times better than, I had to spend four days in between my old HP breaking and the Surface arriving. And I spent four days working on um, on my MacBook. And no, no, I've, I've had a Mac oh, for- interesting. I've had a Mac for six years, and I've used it occasionally, and my wife uses it occasionally, and we use it for storing and using and doing video and and music and, and photos, but I can't work off it. I, you know, I, every couple of years I go back and think, no, I'll try this, because the Mac... I mean, it lasts pretty any It's a great piece of hardware, but, um, yeah, it's, it's not the greatest in the world as far as um, how do you actually... Use Excel. How do I use Win? There's just certain things I think because because of the way I think I've just always worked as a business. I mm. find it really hard to uh, actually. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. For me, no, I, I, I don't think I'd ever switch permanently.
0: It's interesting you say that because I, I have a frustration with Windows 10 to the point that I'm going to when when we get back to the UK, I'm going to buy probably a new Mac to to get off. Be and and it's and it's silly. It really is silly things. Um, but I just I just find like I'm struggling with a problem here now where my I've got a second screen and the second screen just powers off and powers on, every so often, for no apparent reason. Yeah. And I've tried a different screen and it does the same thing. So I can't think the two screens are broken. Um, no.
1: No. Uh, dual dual screen screens thick. has always been a problem. I think dual screens is always a bad problem with with a Windows. I must admit I know I know it works better when you've got a, you know and obviously a Mac. Uh, the Mac screen is more than just a just the monitor it is, It's an entire mm. operation itself. But yeah, there is a difference. Yeah. I, I would, I thinking about it. The, probably the biggest downside I found so far is that the, the Surface Pro only has one uh, USB A and one USB C dock, mm. um, which yeah. meant I've, I've, I've obviously bought a, um, a what the first. A dongle. Yeah. yeah. The first one I bought because I've got an old, quite an old monitor. And again, I don't like change. So because I've got an old monitor <laughs> and it's got VGA. um, cable on it I, uh, I had to buy a dongle that had a VGA on it as well and that really the delays were all over the place it was a real it really drove me nuts so mm. I've gone and found a direct USB-C into uh, the monitor and then a, just a USB-A to cover all of the USB stuff and actually that's worked out it's just it's just, more, it's just more wires, I think. And I, the less wires, the better I tend, I tend to find. So that's probably, yes. the, I would say that's the biggest downside because obviously my old laptop was, my old HP was quite a beast and it had about seven USB on it itself. But obviously this is a lot slimmer, nicer and mm. tidier and easier to move around. And when I start going to different places, I'm sure this will take over being brilliant because I think I had a bad shoulder from carrying that old laptop <laughs> around.
0: So. <laughs> it's fun, yeah that, that's exactly it so, so my laptop stays where it is on the on the desk and then i carry my ipad with me as my you know meeting meeting yes. machine yes. and yeah. and it works really well i'll be honest as as the, i wouldn't have used a normal ipad i think going the pro route has made the difference um, yeah my, my business
1: partner is just mac central mm. it's, it's where we are this is where we this is where we have most of our arguments uh between like for example we we uh we're launching a new course so we were mm designing the course and doing slide and we had to do slides for it. And of course he's doing slides on his Mac. So he's not using PowerPoint uh, oh, no. and, and I won't use keynote. Uh, and then he tries to put them into Google and it's just like, and then it completely falls apart. Oh. So I, I, He's had to relent because I, as I said to him, um, let's just look at the majority. The majority of our clients use PowerPoint, Word and Excel. So I'm afraid we have to stick to the standards.
0: No, and, and I totally agree with you. I still use the office office suite. On a Mac, I just won't use. I'm just struggling with Windows. I think Windows yeah. is the problem. I think Windows Seven was a was a great platform. So very technical, but Windows Ten has just been a um, a lemon.
1: <laughs> so it's what one in three normally is with Microsoft.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is, and I, and I think it's their stra- I think that's well, their strategy. I think the way they're going is you they want you on the cloud infrastructure so wvd or or windows whatever it's called now windows 365 i think yes um and and they want the desktop to be like a chrome desktop where it's going to be as minimal as possible
1: yeah and and in fairness that i think that's one of the things is this this switch has pushed me into i don't think i uh, because my my hp just died Uh, I Mm. i was sitting in front of the telly writing something one night and i just suddenly noticed it wasn't charging uh, and, and that was it. And so I got up in the morning and it was dead and I couldn't restart it. A very nice young man came round. Um, cause of COVID wise, I left it on the doorstep. He came and picked <laughs> it up, uh, it was a very weird transaction, if I'm honest, very trusting yeah. as well of me. Um, it was a recommendation from a friend. He came around, picked it up. Uh, I gave it two days, said, no, nah, sorry, there's, there's literally nothing you can do. It would cost more to repair it than do anything else. So he just took, you use a solid state drive, took all my, you know, Got the hard drive out for me, and then that was it. I I loaded up, but it made me realise I need I used my I used my desktop too much, um, I stored mm. too much on my actual laptop. So now I have I have gone. I'm 100% cloud now, which which I should have done years ago if if we're honest. But it, it is all up there, and I I was partial Google Cloud, partial OneDrive, but now everything's just OneDrive for me.
0: Uh, I was going to ask you that because I know you had an aversion to Dropbox.
1: Yeah. Oh, oh, you wanted to know the Dropbox story, didn't you? I did. Uh, it, <laughs> I know this is going to sound really odd, but for for the for, for legal reasons I, I won't actually say that much beyond the fact that um I used they basically I know you you obviously know that Dropbox have had a couple of relatively high profile things uh mm. and I was a victim of one of those and it meant that I lost um I not only lost him stuff but um it was tied back. I, I'm pretty confident because I used, I've been very good on passwords and I use certain passwords uh, in blocks. Um, and so if one area gets affected, obviously now I'm completely, you know, every single password is completely different, but at the time it, when it happened, which is about four or five years ago now, I think um, mm. uh, I knew it came from the Dropbox thing and it affected two other things I've got. So I, yeah, I, I had, I had, there was back and forth and I, and I used Twitter to good effect at that point. <laughs>
0: So, so we'll go I, find the, the, the tweets.
1: Yeah, no, I know I I deleted them uh, uh, I had um, But yeah, I, I which by the way I think Twitter is amazing for that. I think I use Twitter more for um, getting stuff done. I had a problem with with webinar software we were having, and uh, no one responding to me after four days. I just went on Twitter, and within tw- two hours, they suddenly responded. Um, it's 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 the way to work. It's a stick. Yeah,
0: it's a it stick.
1: British Airways was a. I had to do it with them as well. You know, that yep. it is the way people don't like being called out on Twitter.
0: It's interesting. I can share my Airways story with you. And I do want to go back to Dropbox for a second as well. So we, um, we did a trip out to to Thailand a couple of years ago. And, I mean, I've grown up in an airline family. My dad worked for SAA, so I've traveled my whole life. So I'm pretty relaxed. I mean, I'm always at the airport early, but other than that, I'm really like, you know, Flying is you just take as it comes and you just deal with it. Yeah, my wife had a, felt that we had a poor experience with British Airways, and I can't remember exactly what happened, but she ended up complaining on Twitter. So on the return flight, we got upgraded, which was great because it's a it's a crap long flight. And we also had issues because of the fires in Malaysia, so we were delayed out of right. one of the islands getting back. So you know you've already lost a day in Bangkok, and you know you're trying to get back to the UK. And um, it was great. We got upgraded. So we were very chuffed with that. But then the, they kind of ruined it because the the purser came and woke me up at three o'clock in the morning to sort of remind me that they'd upgraded me <laughs> to deal with this problem. And I was like, how does that? You guys miss the point on customer service. You know, wow. upgrade me, make me feel like it was, you know, you really appreciate me. And then I won't ever. So now I always tell the story. Like this is. So it's actually this negative story, not this positive story for British Airways.
1: That is dreadful. I mean, mine's pretty bad because um, it's – I don't know how many years ago it is now. But uh, but basically, fly- I had a flight back from New York, which got cancelled, um, and there are alternative ones, and I asked to get prioritised onto one of those because essentially I was coming back for a funeral. It was my granddad's funeral. And and they didn't prioritise it, and, and, uh, and so I missed the funeral as a result. Uh, but to make matters worse – I was flying back and going to get a connecting flight from Manchester straight down to Gatwick to then go to a funeral down on the south coast and obviously couldn't make that connection for for those reasons and they uh, and so not only did they mess up returning my flight but they carried on charging me for the missed flight from Manchester to Gatwick and and I just refused I mean I never got anywhere and then they they just absolutely Stonewall refused all they would do is offer me to do you know you can do the flight at a later date but, I don't need to do this flight anymore. The reason for going down there is now over and I missed it because yeah. of you. And they just wouldn't mm-hmm. they wouldn't take it. So I've never flown with them since. Um so yeah, and 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 it, it Virgin in fairness, I've had I had a bad experience with Virgin because they we were supposed to be flying out to Vegas before the lockdown happened and it and and because of it obviously wasn't happening. They were quite slow coming back to me, but then I went on Twitter and within twenty four hours not only had they responded, but I'd got my refund. So that that was that was to me that was a positive experience. They did actually listen, and and, and, and mm. you know, and I also appreciated it at the time. You know, every company was struggling because they were suddenly thrust into this difficult situation.
0: I mm-hmm. oh, look. I'll be honest. virgins for us has been very impressive. Uh, we've our flight down here was Virgin. Uh, unfortunately, yep. our flight back has been cancelled twice, three times. So we're just waiting to see if they're going to carry on flying. Um, go, just going back to Dropbox, sorry, there's not an airline discussion. Yes. <laughs> um, so so interesting enough, I was, I was big on OneDrive, but I found OneDrive just doesn't work very well in the Mac world. Um, Mac right. or, or iPad. So I, have to, I had to move to, and, and iCloud is not great either, uh, ironically. Uh, you'd expect that to be quite good. So I found <laughs> Dropbox to be the best solution for me personally. To be able yeah. to do stuff, and it's and it's silly things like I need to um, send someone a file, but if I open the folder in OneDrive, if it's got more than 25 files, you can't see anything in the folder. The folder just crashes. Um, whereas in Dropbox, you have no no yeah. problem, and it's a no it's a known issue, but it just yeah. doesn't seem to be ever addressed. Um, the
1: thing, the thing, and you're right, because, I mean, and like I say, I, I think it's very clear. My, my issue with Dropbox is I, don't, I didn't trust them, and then that's put me off them. Mm, sure. There was nothing yeah. wrong with the functionality. And actually, you do need to find functionality that works across um, platforms, because you're right. If you're a Windows person, you use OneDrive, it's probably fine. And If you're a Mac person, you can use iCloud. I agree with you. iCloud doesn't really work as well, because they've not put the effort into it it's when you're going across different platforms and working with different people who have different platforms. That's when something like Dropbox comes into its own, I think, you know, mm, it, be, mm. because it works in, and that's what <laughs> they built themselves on. They work, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a Mac user or a, you know, whatever you are, it works for you, I suppose. And that's their selling point.
0: Yeah. And essentially, because when I was looking to move away from Windows, I looked at a Linux distribution. <laughs> yeah. And, and the only one that had a file sharing a- app is Dropbox. Yeah. So, so, you know, that they're already... Kicked on on the fact that of of business integration thing. Now you mentioned that you're doing courses and stuff. How are you handling that then? Is that? It's 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 fun. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so there's, there's we do two sides of the courses. There's a um, there's a recorded uh, course where people download the course, and then there's stuff we deliver. You know, sort of work more like workshops. The recorded stuff's not been too bad. Um, what we tended to do at the moment the last couple we've done is we'll actually use visuals on screen the whole time so we won't be on screen so with that with me and my partner on that front it's not too much of a problem i record my stuff he records his stuff we bring it together so mm. that's not been too bad the original courses we did we were actually both in the same room and that was mu- i think that's a better experience but you know needs must the mm. delivering of training and workshops that's really where the challenge is that's that's where we've had to I've found meetings not too bad. So you know, we have we have clients. You know, it was, was the, just this morning at a, an hour with a charity, we were going through a strategy we built for this charity. That was fine. There was three from their side. There was two from our side. We're on a screen. Um, we will be using uh, Zoom. I think um, Zoom Teams. They both work. I, I find them pretty similar. I think Teams probably is more draining on a laptop. Um, So my old laptop used to struggle with it. No problem on this one now, thankfully. Uh, But whichever you use, I think they work reasonably well. And and as long as, you know, you have to learn new techniques to how to interact with people and how to keep them engaged. And you have to really, I think I find you have to concentrate a lot more. You can't, you can't tune out as much. Um, I think the hardest part is when you want people to go off and do things um, for a period of time while you're still running it. So for example, we, we, in one-to-one coaching, for example, um, what I'd normally do if, I, if I'm meeting someone, um, you'd work with them and you'd give them a little task and then you'd just pop off for five minutes and come back. So they're not, you know, no one wants someone standing over them going, how's it going? How's it going? Um, so what we've yeah. found is, is in the end, we've turned off our mic and cameras so they can't see us in the background, and and then they when they come back on screen because they turn their own camera off, that's the point we know they're ready to talk again. So that's sort of worked, but on larger workshops. So we've there's a workshop that's called Lego Serious Play, and it is a genuine business thing. It isn't. I do love Lego, so that helps. Mm-hmm. But essentially, um, the example we're working with an architect, and there's a new couple of uh, people taking over, and they want to really. You know, they're having, they're having a brand review, but also a cultural review, and they they wanted to really work with staff to understand what, what's important to them, what they think makes the company special, the values, all that kind of stuff. So normally when we do that, we'd get 20 people in a room, uh, we'd arrive with just piles and piles of Lego, um, and we basically say to them, right, build certain things and then talk to us about those things, and it starts to get everybody involved. Uh, and normally, then you bring them together and you build this great landscape with all people's different models, and and you end up where well, the company goes away with this model which tells them all about how people view their company. That's much harder when you've got mm-hmm. those 20 people spread across. It's not like we're not just us in the room; they're not in the room together either. So you've got, you know, so we had to break it down to 10 people max to start with, so because otherwise it was un- unworkable. And then you just have to get them. We had to post everybody their individual packs, which for a start means you don't send them. They don't have as much Lego to work with. Um, but mm. we were working with an architect. It's so the first time we've ever done that. Definitely the best builders of Lego I've come up with, which is not a surprise. Um, yeah. It definitely worked for them. So you just you just have to adapt. I don't think it works quite as well. Um, and I don't mm. think you get quite the interaction. But the plus side, when people aren't in a room together... I find as long as you can put the spotlight on, them, uh, spotlight on them and ask them questions and get them involved, and that's the real challenge I think as a as, a, as an organiser of a meeting is, is making sure people get involved, then actually people can be a bit more honest. When someone mm. sits in a room with someone, sometimes they won't be as completely honest. But if you get them when they're not in the room, they're actually a little bit more open, I found. So we got quite good content out of it. But you did find two or three people that – trying to get people to be in the room is you have to spot people who are clearly doing other things. I think that's the trick.
0: Um, mm. So
1: that, like the, you know, the, you know, the people who are just doing this or they're just doing this or, or they're, they're trying to discreetly check their phone and, and things like <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, Those are the people you got to keep an eye on because you can't call them out on it quite. You know, that's a bit, it's fair enough if, I, if, it, if it were my staff i'd just shout at them and just go "Oi, put your phone down you can't really do that with a client so you've got to subtly try and spot the person who's doing that and just kind of go uh, leanne could you just answer that one for me and just sort of sort of get them back in the moment so i think that's probably the biggest challenge that we found
0: yeah it's almost that uh, i'm watching you question as opposed to as you say, call them out directly. It's interesting you choose Lego because um, I used to love bringing Lego into meetings and and uh, you know having people to do stuff and not well, I say not everyone's a Lego fan, um, but uh, to me it's something mm. you've got to have on the table. you got to almost have that noise of of pieces being shuffled around and um, someone saying, "No, I want that piece you've got there because I need to finish my battleship or whatever they're building." Um, so how did you come up with that as a concept?
1: So it's, uh, it's uh, so my business partner um, in his other business, before we got together, um, ran Lego Serious workshop. So it's an actual thing. If you go online, Lego, Lego does this and you, you buy, it comes in boxes. It's used in multiple different formats. So I saw a guy the other day who runs uh, an executive network and he was using it to get basically managing directors together and getting them to talk about how to disrupt industries and things like that. So it's, it's, Lego Lego have a format and they send you and you can buy it off them and you get discounted rates and everything else. and then they send you training courses you can go on to become oh, like he's wow. he's certified. So James is actually certified to be a, a Lego serious play instructor. Uh, but you can basically down, so it's not just a case of using your, your, your son's Lego, although he's got enough of it. I could do that. But um, it's, <laughs> I mean, I say that I've got more than him, but that's not the point. Uh, but yeah, you, you can just get your own Lego and do it. And, and as you say, you've, you put most, a lot of people have done it in their offices, but there is actually a um a certified course that you can oh. actually go and do.
0: Uh, I'll put that on my list of things to do. <laughs> definitely it's, it's not <laughs> so it,
1: it's not cheap to start up but once you've got the lego it's 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 a good margin
0: yeah now the, the guys that you post the lego to do they get to keep it or do they have to send it back
1: no they get to keep it so when we're, oh, cool. we're, we're so when we're in when we're doing it together um it's one of the options that they can pay to keep it afterwards or we can take it away uh but but we decided in this occasion we're not going to try and get them all. so yeah that was all so they just posted the postage and, and yeah they all get to keep their own models Apparently, they're all going to take them back to the office when they all eventually get back into the office together.
0: Okay. So now, just on the Lego thing, I mean, do you do you have sets that you build the same, like do you follow the instructions or you just build free play?
1: So at work, the work-based thing is is totally free play.
0: I uh, mean, you, you personally.
1: But me, me personally, I am definitely a follow-instructions guy. My son started that way, but he is he's Captain Creative. He's nine years old, and he's a much better Lego builder than me. He comes up with amazing stuff. And he'll do videos of the worlds that he's built. Um, So that's great. I am I am a builder of things I like because I I don't know I'm a bit. I find Lego is my relaxation. So I like you know day to day when I you know when I'm running when I was running a you know a a business with two hundred people in it. There's quite a lot of stresses involved in that, and and now I'm having to come up with new ideas. I'm having to you know when I'm running my own business again. I find with Lego with instructions, it's kind of like, I enjoy just following instructions. I'm doing something. I know what I'm doing. I can see it coming together. I love the point where you suddenly, oh, I know what that's going to be. And it's, it's all that. Mm. So yeah, I am, you know, and I, and I the bigger, the bigger, the better for me. Um, I like, I even, I don't like these medium sized ones. I'm even one, want small little cool things. So for for a period of time, I was a big fan of Brickheads. So I've got loads of those tattered around my house. Uh, oh. But then, um, my, I mean, the Death Star was my my favorite build because uh, because it was a complicated, it was unusual. Um, mm. I like it to be a little bit different. I think the reason I've stopped on Star Wars now is because ninety five percent of Star Wars is grey. Uh. There's no, we can't help it. It just is. There's nothing <laughs> yeah. to do about it. So um, so I so I I went majorly into the architecture ones for a while, um, and then into the the space ones are really cool. I th- I find mm. they're. I, I want them to look interesting at the end because my house is just full of the stuff. Yeah. Yeah, there's no. I, I, I don't like. I'm, my business partner is more of an addict than me, and he has them all in the attic and everything. Um, but I I'd like them out on display but so they
0: you, look good. When you say has them in the attic, like is is it a display in the attic or are they all packed away in-
1: Some of it's packed away and some of it's on is out. Um, okay. But what what's interesting is he so he sits in his office and uh, he's got a big shelf behind him and he likes to rotate it so it, okay, yeah. from every couple of weeks he normally has different things behind him um, but over Christmas I think it was best over Christmas because he also buys lighting kits as well He, I mean it's the full on so over Christmas he had lots of Christmas scenes behind him plus either side of the Christmas scene he had the Disney Castle and the Hogwarts Castle and wow. he had all the lights on in the Hogwarts Castle and everything else so that which it's a great it's a great conversation piece that you start with a new client oh what's that yeah. behind you so mm-hmm. what's well, the nature of where I sit, um, where my wife sits, you can see all the Lego and you can see all my, because I'm a big vinyl guy, I've got all the framed albums up on the wall. So she's got a great backdrop. I have a window um, <laughs> it, where you can see some trees. That's about it, really. So she, yeah, she has yeah. much better backdrop. Again, that's part of the reason why I'm in here.
0: Oh Sure i can understand that but I, mean, I was thinking about when, when this all started back last year how people were saying you look behind the person to see what they've got and you're looking at what kind of books they read or, or you know if they got figurines or whatever it is a so lego would actually be quite a cool i could see it being a conversation starter definitely yeah. Uh, yeah i'm like you i like the space stuff i like i mean i haven't i'm not allowed to buy at the moment because you've got a three-year-old and a, and a five-month-old <laughs> but once they're old enough that i can start buying again um, Yeah. So it's so, a, but I can understand the therapy as well. I built a big race car, um, the Technic Technic race yeah, car. Yeah, yeah. It Took me a couple of nights to build it, and it was like therapy every night sitting watching TV, just putting these pieces together. And you're not even watching the TV; it's like, oh, this is this is the boot, and this is the engine, and and whatever.
1: Yeah, I I built the James Bond DB five, which is a mini. Oh uh, yeah, set. that was very that that was good fun. Yeah, yeah, I did enjoy that. Yeah. The Technic the Technic stuff is 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 quite um. That's almost almost too much like hard work for me. I, I've done a few <laughs> of them, but it's just like I have to really concentrate on that. I just want to focus on the Lego. As soon as you start, like that's why I don't own the light kits because I find that's just, it's just mm. that's just getting too technical for me at that point.
0: Yeah, but I'm, I'm like you in the sense it's, it's therapy. So I'll like walk past Sainsbury's shelf and I'll see one that's there for ten bucks or fifteen bucks. I'm like, oh, that looks interesting. I'll just take that home and then I'm on a conference call. and I'm supposed to be, you know listening and I'm listening, but I'm not building the, the Lego at the same time because it kind of keeps my hands busy. So I can listen. Yeah. It's a bit of ADHD. Yes. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it's a great, it's a great tool.
1: I, I've I've pondered. I've tried other things. I've tried. Um, I've I, I got an Airfix. I was bought Airfix models for Christmas, which I haven't got onto yet. See if that will give me a new, different thing to play with. But so far, none of them have replaced uh, just the joy of of how it's it's easy yet complicated. That's what I really like about Lego. I mean, anybody can pick it up and start it. That's that's what's so good about it. But you can actually get some high level. But it is really good. I and mean, my like I say, my nine year old there's nothing he can't build by himself. And my seven-year-old daughter probably has more Lego now than all of us, um, she's, <laughs> she's just got this table in a room which is just, she's built her own Lego world on it. It's amazing.
0: Oh, fantastic. That's, that's. Oh, I mean, I'd love to see that because that's that's the beauty of it is it's just imagination, uh, you know, it's an imagination tool. Yes, um, Have you, yeah, yeah. It's it actually, it was actually quite sad. We went to, um, to Legoland, well, when was it? My my son must be about one and a half, two, and it was actually quite disappointing to see how that's not sort of moved with the times in the sense some of the stuff's still quite old, you know, old designs and old builds. They need to they need to almost refresh the the, 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 the builds.
1: Yeah, the um, because the rides, I mean, the rides are the rides. So a lot of it is just is a is a is, is just a, a the, the classic attraction It's like going to Alton Towers. But the model world is. I think still looks pretty much the same as when I went first 10 years ago. Mm. And I, yeah, so I completely agree. Yeah, it's yeah. not, they've not, there's so much more they could do with that to get people into it. It's totally underused. And, and, and because of that, it just means the rest of the park's so busy. Cause actually, you should have more people at that bit so that it, you, you the queues for the rides aren't quite so manic, really. But you're right. I, I mm. do think they, they haven't really, I mean, the, the big, I don't know if you've been since, but the biggest, New thing is they they have got a whole separate Star Wars, um, yeah. build build bit. So that that was that was good. But you kind of think, well, you should have done that with five or six other things by now. You can have, you know, you could have a what they've done with Star Wars. They could easily do with a Marvel, and you could oh, have exactly. easily done with yeah. a Harry Potter version. And so you end up having five or six just Lego areas. Whereas it, yeah. it's really it's more an amusing part, which happens to have some Lego in it, as opposed to a Lego world that's got some rides. I find
0: yeah you're spot on and in the minute you were saying it, you could have done I, th- I was thinking Marvel is the next big dynasty after after Star Wars I mean you know 12 movies and, and all the rest of it and um I think there was something but it but it just feels like it's not getting the the love it needs to be yeah. fair yeah. um so so you're talking so I just want to go back to to sort of running your courses and that so you mentioned offline you did the one online how have you found fatigue with people and and keeping them interested in, in a course do you mean
1: when they've downloaded it, or or the no live your, ones? your workshops? So the workshops you're
0: doing, you doing.
1: So first things first, we don't do them as long. Um, I ju- yeah. You just can't keep people engaged. My personal opinion is two hours is a maximum. Um, mm. on, honestly, beyond that, so so what we've tested. So so we had a boot camp We we started before lockdown. Uh, and the boot camp was a six hour session and you'd have free breaks during it, including lunch. And, and you could really break it up and you split people up into groups and everything else. We, we took that concept and broke it down into four two hour sessions so you could have more breaks in it. So I put deliberate breaks in. The thing I find is that people don't have breaks for some reason. If you're in a mm. meeting group together let's say you have a client meeting and you're in a meeting room for two hours. People go off to the toilet all the time. People make a drink and everybody, let have a five minute break, whatever else. But because they're on this device, they don't mm. seem to do it in the same way. So we build them in and we just say, right, we're going to take five minute break. Everybody has to stop. Because I yes. do think if you don't do that, people really struggle to stay engaged. I had it, you know, I was still running my old business in lockdown. So I would, you know, I would run meetings with the sales team. So I used to run the sales team as part of what I did. Um, and we used to, sales mornings in the office used to be four hours. But I just said to the guys, we're going to do an hour. We're going to break for half an hour. Then we're going to come back again. Because just the energy isn't there. The energy level, you're right, it's fatigued. It absolutely is. Um, it, there are, and there are practical reasons. One of them being a lot of people, like, I'll, I'll be honest with you, more than half an hour to an hour of this, my ears mm. start to hurt. So, oh, yeah. yeah. And it doesn't matter. I've been through... Seven, I think, I think at least seven different sets of headphones since lockdown started, and they all, you know, and then none of them are cheap, necessarily, mm. but none of them work. the the, uh, the the AirPods probably are the best ones, but then mm. they only have a, a certain lifespan and they don't work as well. I've got to be honest. It's not. It's worked pretty well with the Surface. That is one of the pluses. It didn't work well with the HP, but the Bluetooth wasn't very good. But on this, it's pretty good. So they're quite good. But I just find. Sound quality is not quite as good with the AirPods as these. These, these yeah. are pretty solid, but they do hurt and there's no getting away from it. And, and I, you know, I I mean, the I'll be honest, I I mean, as long as they don't come and find me and tell me off, but the Beats ones were the worst I've ever had. I found <laughs> the most uncomfortable headphones I've ever owned. Um, yeah. And because I, I used to do flights quite a bit back in the day, Um I was always looking for a decent set of headphones that would work on a plane. I thought Beats would be amazing because they cover my whole head, and you know, um, no, no, I found them to be probably the most uncomfortable set of headphones. So I, outside of this environment where I find this sound quality is better, I would probably stick to AirPods. But yeah, it, it is a, it is that it's the fatigue thing. It's it's looking at a screen again. People should break from screens regularly anyway, regardless of whether or not meeting calls or just working, and and I just mm. feel like. I think, however many breaks you would normally have in a room, normally, I think you have to double that if you're in a virtual environment because you have to keep reinvigorating people. But you have to be disciplined because if you give people five minutes, you know, the per- you, you've met them all. Ah, that means five, ah, six minutes will be fine, seven minutes will be fine. And suddenly you're losing too much time. So you have to be pretty disciplined. Uh, mm. But yeah, I, I find it, it shorter. The biggest thing is you have to do shorter sessions. You can't pack as much in. Um, it, it just isn't possible.
0: Yeah, I think you're spot on. I mean, I was talking with a friend of mine last week and uh, we were talking about it from a production productivity point of view and, and not just um, you know, the fatigue from a meeting, but having these meetings that are back to back and you basically go you know, six hours in a day, seven hours in a day, and you just don't get a break because everyone finds a gap in your diary. And, and, and we were saying if you actually put it into you know every 15 minutes was a unit of, of effort and you put that to a cost maybe that'll change people's behaviors because also mm-hmm. if someone, if someone books half an hour, they use half an hour and if they book an hour, then the meeting tends to be an hour. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, to your point, we, I try to book meetings like, except for this one, obviously cause we want to use the full hour. I try and cut it down by 10 minutes. Uh, if it's an hour and I cut it down by, by five minutes if it's, if it's half an hour just to go and have a toilet break, grab a cup of coffee, walk up and down the stairs a few times just to get change of eye level. Um, yeah, you know, those are all important anti-fatigue things.
1: Yes. Uh, yes. It's, it's one of the very few advantages of homeschooling. The fact is I can't leave my kids for that long anyway. So I have to, <laughs> I have to break and go and find out what they're doing. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, so this is one of the you, if, things that force you to have a break, I think are good things now. Um, mm. and, and there aren't enough of them, but yeah, I know what you mean about the diary thing. I, um, I'm sure mine was bad back in the day. I'm pretty organized now, but I look at my wife's diary and I don't see how she does any work because it is just literally... And obviously that's worse because you're virtual because Mm. you used to just have chats with people and you could just, you know, someone could pop into your office and just have a quick chat and then it's done and over with, whereas they now need to book something in your diary. And as you say, as soon as you book a slot in the diary, you seem to use it. Um, So and that that, uh, she has the disadvantage because her teams are in Sweden, Chennai, US where I so all that kind of stuff so so it, it's it's worse because you're having to cover different time zones as well
0: i remember that when i when i first joined uh, one of the banks i had that exact problem guys in asia and guys in the us and you get in early for the asian and you're leaving late for the us and in the middle you get like two hours where everyone overlaps <laughs> so yeah no, crazy absolutely crazy it's um,
1: worth saying though sorry yeah, it's sorry. worth saying one of the massive advantages of not lockdown, but but now being able to people coming around to the whole point, you can do things digitally. Is the fact that our business would be a UK-based business that we set up this new business if it wasn't for that. The fact is, we can now reach out and have got Americans coming on board because you know, as long as we're prepared to work at four o'clock in the afternoon and they're prepared to work at eight in the morning, we can make it work. You know, that mm. that, uh, yeah, people have always, as you say, banking. People have always had that ability. But actually, I feel like now what lockdown has done is told people this is normal. So it, it, yeah. it has probably opened up, and that's the big advantage for our business, I think.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I, I was talking to a recruiter yesterday about a role, and it's the the role's about an hour and a half drive from my house. And I said, oh, you know, I'm not going to drive an hour and a half, five days a week. I said, yeah, but they need you in the office five days. I said, but have they not seen – I mean, it's like – he said, yeah, post, post, post lockdown." I said, "Have they not seen that the rest of the world operates like remotely?" He's like, "No, this is—they still want to go back to the old way of working." I was like, "Well, then I really don't want to." <laughs> not the you kind know, of place you want to work. You know, pass, thanks very much. It was great to chat, but no. Uh, and and he's, it, I it, 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 uh, just, I can't believe that there are companies that are still thinking that is the only way to, especially in the technology frame. Yeah. You know, if you if you're doing something that does need frontline, sort of face-to-face interaction, yeah. like a, you know. Fun. But even then, I mean, doctors and, and surgeons can do stuff remotely. Um, my wife talks to her neuro, neurologist remotely, um, you know, because it just makes sense. Unless he has to do an exam, you know, there's no need to, to travel.
1: No, I think one of the last things I did before I left my old place is um, we at one point were spread across three different locations and five buildings. And by the time I left, they were down to one location and two buildings because, um A A, everybody on one site together is better. That's a whole separate conversation. But just because people have got to the point of thinking, do you know what? I don't need to be in every day of the week. So we don't need as many desks. We don't know everybody Mm. needs a permanent desk. There are certain people that like coming in, and the rule we made was quite simple, which is if you really want to come in every day, then fine. Because some people like that work environment. But if you if you only need to come in two days a week, just come in two days a week and then just make sure you book in a desk. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So no, you're right. There are, and there are people, that, I mean, you know, I was, I went to have a meeting this morning with a friend of mine and it's in a, it's in an outsource office, a of region, not a Regis, but I think it's owned by Regis. And it's nice to just walk around people and say hi and, you know, have a cup of coffee and, and sort of see people around you that are working. It gives you a nice feeling because, yes. at, you know, when you're at home, sometimes you feel like you're on your own. Um, and you're quite isolated. So you actually have to make double the effort to communicate with other people. Um, you know, not just about work, you know, social conversation. How's the dog yeah. and all that stuff? Yeah,
1: I, I, I think, I mean, your you question to off at the start, which was what's the difference between the corporate world and working at home? I don't think I'll really know that until my wife and kids aren't here. Mm. Because when she goes back to the office, which she will inevitably go back, although she'll, you know, maybe she'll, Work at home one or two days a week, but I'll have a long period where I'm just at home and the kids aren't there and everything else. And I think at that point it'll probably feel quite different. My business partner and me had had the agreement that we I would spend one day a week at his house, he would spend one day a week at my house. We had no ambition to get an office yet, you know, because yeah. because I just don't feel like we need it now. If we suddenly grow to the point where we want to employ two or three more people. Then maybe that's different because they may all want somewhere, but the chances are we'll probably go for a flexible space where mm. we just—it's it almost like a meeting space more than anything else. Yep. So, yep. but yeah,
0: yep. that's that's exactly. the fun—that's
1: the fun thing to look forward to.
0: Look, I think there are people that, that that don't have the benefit of a nice house that they can work where they want to and have a study and all that kind of stuff, and they need an office. So, I mean, you know, yep. a young a young guys or girls starting their career that aren't living at home with mom and dad. Probably is is in a one bedroom studio and they need to they need the office to get out um but they, yeah I mean I think it's i think you're right more socially social offices as opposed to sweatshop offices <laughs> to, to use an analogy very bad one or on metaphor <laughs> so great um I think that from my body that's that pretty much covers everything um I mean, I think your point about working with the U.S. is, is, is key. I think if you if your business can, can work with anyone provided the time zone works, you should. And it should have. You know, it's no longer about geole- geographical locations. It's more probably about time zone yes. um, restrictions and, and such. Uh, I think that's what I'm hearing more and more, you know, general chats. You know, let's go talk to guys all over the world to do business that you wouldn't have spoken to before. How, how do you find finding the business then? Has that changed at all?
1: Um, not. I mean, I suppose in in this new business, I've only ever done it in lockdown, so it, so it hasn't really. Mm. And it was always going to be different from my old business because uh, you know we, we we were selling you know expensive pieces of technology, and, and uh, this is a consultancy business, so it's a it's a totally different sort of sell. Um, I've run an agency before, and when I ran an agency, uh, yeah, a big part of that was organizing events and getting clients to them and stuff like that. So that is totally different, but. Mm you know, we just, it's just lead generation in a different way. You know, it's webinars instead of events. It's, it's making sure you've got loads of free collateral that you can give away. We used to, we used to send stuff to people. Now we don't send stuff to them. We send digitally stuff to them. So, you know, that, that's the whole point. You you create, you just create different types of sales funnels. That's all it is. It's just at the end of the day, sales is sales. It's a pipeline. You have to generate interest by giving them something, then prove that you're worthwhile, then probably sell them in something cheaper then sell them something more expensive i mean it's those basics don't change it's just you're mm. doing it more virtually than you do face to face actually the nature of what we're selling is probably more geared towards virtual selling than it was face to face anyway so mm. i think i think it's i would have been doing more of this regardless of lockdown i think
0: okay are you finding that because everyone else is locked down that there's more appetite to do it virtually yeah whereas we've yeah
1: yeah 100 um i i'm so i with some of the clients we're working with now um i feel like six months ago if we first contacted them outside of lockdown they Mm. would have always insisted we go to them we run all the meetings there um they're kind of traditional you know one of the charities in particular is quite a traditional place but they now have settled into this whole virtual concept and we were talking the other day about you know what what how are we are going to you know we have weekly meetings with them um they're they're based probably about an hour and a half drive from here uh, and mm. i was kind of like yeah i have to get back into that whole getting on a road thing again but they seem pretty comfortable that they they were like well we don't want to waste your time and pay you to travel here so you know no reason we can't carry on doing this because we only we only talked for an hour you know, it's mm. not. You know, it's not like we're going there and working at their offices for the day. So um, yeah, I do. I do find yeah. people have definitely, as you as you described that that role that you were offered earlier. I think there are some companies that won't get it. There are some companies who mm. will want to go back, and you know, they don't believe. And I, I've worked for people who essentially take the attitude of, unless I can see them, I don't trust them, which is yeah. which is a dreadful approach but if you don't trust your staff then why did you employ them but i I think the majority of businesses will start to accept this
0: yeah no you're right and there there have been cases of guys putting in monitoring software and all that kind of stuff to to see what their staff are doing and it's just an unhealthy environment it's it's
1: it's it's a horrible it's a horrible it was it was suggested by an old chairman of mine once um and i flatly refused (laughs)
0: Well, you're right. If you don't trust, I mean, I think trust is one of the things that, that's come out of this. I actually saw a very nice um, poem, which I'll try and find, which is it's all about you know when this is all over. Hopefully, you've realised it's Cover kind of a couple of things that that uh, it's nice to know that the, the store the store shelves are full, that you who your neighbours are, um, you know that your your time with your family. It's like a whole bunch of things, like yeah. things that that have reset now because we've all had to change, you know.
1: Yeah, Andrew, I mean. I we'd lived in this house for seven years and i think i'd met our neighbors twice uh, wow. and then we went for a period because we were outside doing our clapping for the uh, nhs and then and then so generally we, you know we, we sort of talk to people more even though we can't actually be with them but we can talk to them across a fence um we probably talked to them more in lockdown than we did before that and we've um, and we've got WhatsApp groups between neighbours and stuff like that now, where we're, you know, checking out on some of the, you know, a couple of older uh, people in the area, making sure they're all right. None of that was happening nope. before, you know. So it yeah. has definitely changed. I think for the better, some of it.
0: Yeah, it's funny you make that comment because we we lived in the UK. Um, well, it would be ten years now, and the first seven years we really struggled to to make friends. And it was always a case cause we were renting, you know, as you as you're moving to the next place, someone will go, Oh, I'm so sorry to see you going. Cause I, I really wanted to have dinner with you guys and get to know you and like, <laughs> yeah, we've been here for, for two years. Um, <laughs> yeah, you had your chance. And then and, and moving, we bought a place now in, in West Sussex and we've made friends like from day one. So now we sit in, the, in South Africa going actually we got more friends in, in West Sussex, you know, around us than we do back in Joburg where we grew up because, of lockdown and, and talking to people in the park and talking to people in on the street because people are, are, are craving social interaction. Yeah. Uh,
1: I, I also think I I, I, I can say this because uh, I now live in the North, but I did originally live. I'm from, I'm actually from East Sussex. So I'm down in, oh, well, okay, in a yeah. part of the world, but, uh, but I lived in London for the uh, biggest part of my life. Um, yeah. And I think that interaction very much depends on where you live. We in, in, 14, 15 years of living in London, never really, mm. really got to know most of our neighbors <laughs> at all. Um, and that has been much better since we lived in the north. And it was much better when I lived down south in, in Sussex. So
0: I, I think you're spot on because we had the same problem and the same experience because we were in Surrey for a long time. And, yeah, you know, it just, you know, there's, uh, there's some unmentionable names that we call the people of Surrey sometimes because they're just so unfriendly. And <laughs> South Africans are friendly. You know, it's, it's one of the greatest things about walking around here is like I walk down the road. I don't even know the guy. And he says, morning, how are you? fine you and Karen walking, and that's it. You know, might not see him again for the rest of my life. But
1: it's it's my wife's eternal joy. She reminds me of it all the time. When we first moved up here about fourteen years ago, um I I came home one night and I just said, "It's really weird. People keep I keep walking past people and they keep saying hello." I'm really concerned about the area, and she was like, "No, that's what people do in the north." It's like, oh, I I'd I'd had fifteen years of living in London and sitting next to people on tubes and don't you never look up, yeah. never look up.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, Well, we lived in a, we lived in a complex in Putney and, um, they had a, a shuttle down to the train. So you just get on the, you know, you'd get on the shuttle and, and yeah. I used to say morning to everyone. And, 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 and I used to explain it to guys, like you, these are people that live in the same complex as you. Like they know you. So like, you know, you're some stranger on the bus, that, you know, they get to see you every day and it just no, no response. And I did it for about six months. And I said, I'm just going to walk. <laughs> you know, it's, I, I consider you know, I can't be unfriendly like that. So so yep. anyway. And I I think it's good for me to wind up here. I don't know unless you got something else you want to share.
1: No, no, that was brilliant. Thank you very it's much. That was that was really
0: interesting. Do you want to give us um, some ways to get a hold of you? I, I know you're quite quite strong on LinkedIn, if, if you want to give us that. I am, yeah. You can find me, find
1: me on LinkedIn. It's just Gary Lee on LinkedIn. Uh, you'll find me fairly easily. Um, best uh, best place to find out about anything we're doing is probably go to our website, which is just 33%.co.uk. It's all the letters, none of the numbers. Um, and that's where, where did the poster. Where did that,
0: well, last question. Where did that name come from?
1: Um, so it technically comes from... The amount of time you spend working so okay. the, the idea originally when we first when me and james first met and started talking our conversation was um it's kind of like we want to make people's working lives better that was our concept it evolved into what we've done now so it was um he was he was trying to come up with names he was coming up with all sorts of weird names i think we haven't recorded somewhere and i just i was just typing away going how long do people spend doing this and, um, and I found it, was th- I think it's technically like it's 34% or something like that. We just went to 30 alive, 33%. And then we just used it. we, it, 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 it's just a nice number because then you can use yeah. it in loads of different places we found, uh, which has been mm. quite handy from that perspective, um, I mean, even to the point of gimmick, we are quite gimmicky with some of our pricing. We a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of our a lot of our courses are, are like you can you can download a course for three pound thirty three or thirty three pounds or three hundred and thirty three pounds or it's that kind cool. of stuff. We do we do try and play with it. So yeah.
0: yeah, that's brilliant. I really like that. That's clever, cool. Well, thanks for me for for making the time and coming on and no problem, uh, so. appreciate uh, you you sharing all your insights.
1: okay thanks for having me on.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode. Heather Becknell is our producer and editor. Thank you, Heather, for your hard work on this episode. Please subscribe to the series and rate us on iTunes or the Google Play Store. Follow us on Twitter, at the DWW Podcast. The show notes and transcripts will be available on the website, www.digitalworkspace.works. Please also visit our website, www.digitalworkspace.works and subscribe to our newsletter. And lastly, if you found this episode useful, please share with your friends or colleagues.